You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. I got a couple announcements for you. One is really, really, really exciting. It only comes around once in the year. It comes around every fall. How many of you are planning on going to the Mill Fall Retreat? Sweet. Me too. So it's October 18, 19, and 20. We made sure to put the, uh, the flyer, the little uh, card, information card about Fall Retreat on your tables. And it's really a retreat that is like no other for college and 20-somethings. And um, we would love for you to go. It includes the bus ride, the food, the camp, the nights. Um, and it's a time where we, as a community, literally pilgrimage, go up into the mountains. It's near Winter Park, Colorado. Anybody near, ever been to Winter Park, Colorado? It's, it'll be cold up there. It'll be, you'll know it's fall when you get up there. And um, we'll spend time worshiping. We'll, we'll have time for free time. We'll have time to like... Uh, do like a like a devo time and lead you through that. And every year, people get saved. People rejuvenate their relationship with God for the whole year. So, everybody say fall retreat. Good. We'd love for you to go. The next announcement. Everybody, turn to your neighbor and say, "Calm down." <laughs> Thanks. Um, it's an exciting morning. Anyways, the other announcement is that uh, we're going to conclude our. Uh, month on God and money this week. And then next week, we're going to start a week early to, to coincide with Brady Boyd's, uh, the main church service series on conversations on the family. And so here in the Mill Sunday School, we're going to be talking about relationships, friendships, dating, bigger ideas of how we play a part in our family, whether it's our family of origin or the families we will have in the future someday for most of you that are not married. So that's next week. And so I'm looking forward to that as well. But this week we get to have the speakers who spoke last week and they did a great job. Uh, The Palmers, do you remember them from last week? So Scott, Bethany, come on up here. You know them from last week. If you were here, the, the money couple, we, they have these uh, five money personalities, which I'm sure they'll talk a little bit more about, but it's, it's an honor to have them. So once again, Scott and Bethany. Well, good morning. This is an energetic group. All right. We're so excited to be with you. We had such an amazing time last week. Yes. And uh, I'd just fun. like to open us up in prayer just to kind of get things rolling. We're going to be pretty tasky in the first 20 minutes as far as what we're talking about, because we really want to marinate in the questions. We had... We, had, we read those questions all week. They were How amazing. How many of you were not here last week? Not here. Raise them high. So we just get in a, kind of an idea. Okay, wow, we we're got gonna... like this side of the room is like. Wow. Okay, okay so we're going to ask you to leave. Thanks for coming. Um, <laughs> the main service is rolling. So we'll see you, see you at 11. No, we're just kidding. We're glad to have you. We're going to do a quick review of where we are and, and how, how, uh, what we covered last week before we dive into the new stuff. So let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Just thank you for your presence in this room. Thank you for the mill, what they're doing. Thank you for the hearts of the people that are here, Lord Jesus. Just open up our minds to you. Open up, uh, open up our, our hearts to just thinking about money in a different way. We love you and we thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being such an amazing God. Thank you for saving us and thank you for letting us spend the, our entire eternity with you. We love you and we thank you. Amen. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's do a little bit of a quick review of what we talked about last week. And we want to bring everybody up to speed as quickly as possible. Um, does, 
Did you have something to say? I oh, didn't. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Did you have it there? So let's, let's talk about what we really talked about last week was, first of all, that money affects every relationship that we have. It affects our marriages. It affects our dating relationships. It affects our family relationship. It even affects our business relationships. And so we have to understand that when it comes to money, the aspects of money are affecting all of those different relationships that we have in our lives. We also talked about the fact that when God created us, when he created this relationship, he never intended for money to ruin those relationships like they're doing. How much are they ruining our relationships? Well, statistically, many of you know this, we're losing half of our marriages to divorce in this country. Half of our marriages are done. Some of you might be products of your mom and dad splitting up. But here's the statistic that blew us away. 70% of those relationships are ending over money. Money conflict is what is killing and eroding the relationships that we have. So we've got this huge problem in this country, and what we've done is we've stacked all the problem on what we call a financial decision, a financial arrangement. All very important. Your budget, your retirement savings, your cash flow through the month, all the stuff that has to do with tangible money is very important, but we we stack that on the right hand, on this side that says, okay, that... That has more to do with financial decisions. What we're talking about and what we're excited to dive into a little bit more today and share with you is the other side. And that has to do with your money relationships. And those are the decisions that we make on a daily basis that involve relationship, whether it's friends, family, or in your business. And those money relationships and those money decisions that we make and how those are killing our relationships. And how we can have a great strategic plan over here But if we don't have this side of our money relationships taken care of, our marriages and our relationships are going to end. And it was so cool because we really got, after we got your questions, for those of you who weren't weren't here, we had white white index cards on every table and we gave everybody a minute to ask us a question at the end that we're going to be addressing many of those questions today. But the way that we knew that you all got the difference between finances and money was through the questions that you asked. We had hundreds of questions that you all asked, but we only had like three or four that had to do with finances, with getting your financial house in order. All of the rest of the questions had to do with the day-to-day decisions that we make where money is involved. And how do you tackle that? And that's what Scott was talking about when he says that we have a 50% divorce rate, but 70%, do you understand that? 70% of those divorces were over money. And they weren't because your 401k didn't do well. They were because you didn't understand and there's not an understanding of the differences that we have inside of our relationship where money is involved. And that really brought us to truth number one. And truth number one is... There will be money tension inside of our relationships. We talked about the verse, we we reviewed several verses, and let me touch on those quickly. We're going to be going back to one specifically, but we talked about um, in 1 Timothy 6.10, and we talked about the fact that there's that verse that says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And we talked about what specifically, what type of love was, was was being used, and it was philea. And it's the love in relationships. It's the love between lovers. It's the love in families. It's the love with friends. And so really the root of all evil is not money. 
Because if money is the root of all evil, we're all sunk because we need money to survive. But it's that love where we're taking relationships and we're making them secondary to the money. That's what the Lord was telling us was the root of all evil. It was kind of neat. This week we did an interview on Focus on the Family. And we were talking with Jim Daly about this issue. And he started off saying, well, you know, money's the root of all evil. And that's where we were able to say, you know what? It's the love of money. It's the relationship. When we put our relationship over money, that's the root of all evil. So we talked about that last week. We jumped into Genesis uh, 15, and we talked about the first family business breakup over money, and it was Abram and Lot and how they had this amazing, I mean, they were richer than the kings in that area. They had so much property, and they had so much cattle, and they had so much livestock. But literally, we talked about the split that happened in that family business because they couldn't get along about those day-to-day decisions. The herdsmen couldn't get along. Their wives couldn't get along. And so what happened was that family business split. And then where we ended and we're going to pick up today was, um, and we're going to spend some more time is Luke 15 and the story about the prodigal son and how money split that family up. Absolutely. So truth number one is that we will have money tension inside of our relationships. So that's kind of gives you what we focused on last week. But this week, when we're going we're, we're to dive in and start to dive in, is into truth number two. And truth number two states, God cooked inside of you two money personalities. And last week, we went over those different money personalities. There's a, the, and, and everybody has two, but we focused last week on the primary. Um, there's the saver, the spender, the risk taker, the security seeker, and the flyer. And we just had a lot of fun. We had five people come up and, and share what they were. But we had um, our saver over here. Tell me your name. Phil. Phil. All right. So Phil comes up to me this morning and he goes, I took your money personality quiz. I did what you said to do. I did it. But you know what I came out? I came out first as primary risk taker, secondary saver. And then I asked him a couple questions. I said, do you like to kind of go for it? Are you adventuresome? Do you like, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But then I want to make sure that I, you know, save money along the way when I do those adventures. So is this a great example of what we're going to talk about today, and that's called the opposite dynamic. Now, what's the opposite dynamic? The opposite dynamic is when you have a money personality, your primary money personality is on one side of the spectrum, and your secondary money personality is on the other side of the spectrum. So we have the saver, the spender, the risk taker, the security seeker, and the flyer. Five of them, everybody has two. But here's where the opposite dynamic comes in. When you personally have one money personality on one side of the spectrum, saver, security seeker, they're very different. Savers and security seekers are very different. But they have some similarities. Let me just give you a great example Scott gave last week of the difference. A saver, Scott talked about um, he found a killer set of tires. He was really excited about them because they lasted super long, okay? That's what a security seeker 70, does. 70,000 miles. 70, wow. 70,000 miles. That's right. Forever. Probably longer than the car. You guys want to come look at my car afterwards? I'll show you my tires. <laughs> They're sweet. They're sweet. Scott is secondary security seeker, so that was really important to him that they last. But you know what? Those 70,000-mile tires came with quite a price tag. They were actually pretty expensive. A saver would never spend that kind of money for a set of tires, but that was important to his security seeker. So there is a difference between saver and security seeker, but they do have some similarities. On the other side of the spectrum are spenders, risk takers, and flyers. 
All right? The other side of the spectrum is spenders, risk takers, and flyers. Again, they're the same thing. They have, they're different, but there's some similarities. When you're a risk taker, sometimes you're willing to spend the money to, 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 to take the risk. Flyers, if you remember from last week, are all about relationships. All about relationships. Relationships are much more important than money. So that, that whole the, uh, a flyer, risk taker, and spender is that other side. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about the opposite dynamic. And this is where the tension comes in. And let's talk about ourselves for just a minute. Look at these money personalities. If you have one money personality on one side of the spectrum and another personality on the other side of the spectrum, then you have the opposite dynamic. So let's take our friend over here. He said he's primary risk taker, secondary saver. Does he have the opposite dynamic? Does he? Yes. Okay, he does. Absolutely. Now, let me tell you what mine are. Mine primary spender secondary risk taker. Do I have the opposite dynamic? No. So I don't have as much tension inside of my head. Scott talked last week about how one money personality talks to you over here and the other money personality talks to you over here and you have tension that happens. It's a friction. It's a tension. It's a tension inside of your own head every day. Scott talked about buyer's remorse where he's willing to to go spend the money but then he's driving home going, oh, All right. How many of you have buyer's remorse? All right. Now, wow, this table over here is quite the, quite, I would be, I would bet to say that majority of them have an opposite dynamic because you have that tension inside of your head. I'll tell you, I don't. I don't. She doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Which is why I love you so much. So understanding that about yourself is so important because if you are in a relationship and you will be at some time in your life with someone, possibly marriage, but think about other relationships that you have, your relationship with your parents, okay, your relationship with your friends. You know, we had a question and the question said, I love to save money everywhere I go, and my friends don't like that about me. Am I a bad person? Well, she asked if she was cheap. No, you're not cheap. You're thrifty. (laughs) No, you're not thrifty. You're a saver. That's who you are. That's how God made you. And so, and that's not a bad thing, but you think about the friction inside of the relationship. I guarantee you her friends are not savers. That's not on their radar. That's on her radar, but not on their radar. And so we start getting in this thing where it's right or wrong and all that. But it's important to identify if you have the opposite dynamic, because if you're in a relationship with somebody who is, you'll start to understand them better. I understand Scott a whole lot better because I understand that he has the opposite dynamic. But here's why I want to talk about the opposite dynamic and how it plays itself out in a relationship. You can have the opposite dynamic inside of your own head, but you can also have an opposite dynamic inside of your relationships. And that's where that tension comes in. You will have tension inside of your relationship. That's where it is. We've worked 12 years to identify this and help people and have a tool for people to understand where is that tension point? Where is that crossroads? You're coming down, you're making a decision, the money component decision comes up, and 
where's the crossroads? And that's where it is. And if you can understand that difference, that's where the relief can come in because you have a way to identify it. Let me talk about Scott myself, for example. So we're both primary spenders. No problem there. We're going. We love to give gifts. We love to give to people. Love to have parties. Love to have people over. That's like not a problem. But where we have our tension is Scott is a security seeker and I'm a risk taker. So do we have an opposite dynamic inside of our relationship? Do we have an opposite dynamic inside of our relationship? Yes, we do. That's right. We identified that. And do you know, for the first four years of our marriage, we didn't identify that because we hadn't even come up with a five-money personality. We didn't even know they were there. God didn't reveal that to us. So we would have tension about that all the time. You know, we were going to redo our kitchen, and I'm like, well, let's redo the whole thing. And Scott's, well, now, now, wait a minute here. And I'm like, oh, give me a break. Come on, let's do it. Let's go for it. Why not? And he, and he seriously, that was our conversation. Oh, give me a break. I was just, and I was putting him down, and he was putting me down constantly. He was actually putting me down about the way that God made me. God made me that way, thinking that way. And I was putting Scott down in the way that God made him. God made him to think that way. He's not going to change. He's not going to change. Now, we had a couple questions in here. People said, do, do your money personalities change? And one person said, well, I think it would be great if, if everybody had all five of the money personalities. But let's think about it. That is one complex person. <laughs> <laughs> but that leads me to Jesus. That leads me to Jesus. Can you think about how Jesus was a saver? Can you think of situations where he was a spender? Can you think of situations that he took risks over and over and over again? Over and over and over again for each and every one of us. Can you think of where he thought about the future? And you, can you think about where he took relationships way over money, way over money. I get choked up because it, it's how God makes us a world and makes us a society and makes us a little bit of everything to make the body of Christ one. Accepting who we are, but understanding that there's that opposite dynamic in that tension. Whether you're in a relationship with someone in a marriage kind of situation, inside of a family, inside of a business. You're a teacher, for example. Cade's teacher's over there, so I'm seeing him. Wave, Mr. Porter. Wave your hand. There's Mr. Porter. Then Cade, you wave your hand. Yeah. But whether you're teaching, what you see these dynamics all the time. But most important is to understand that opposite dynamic and that tension. So we've got this tension in our relationship. Fights come from that collision of money personalities. There's 25 different ways and 25 different money personality combinations that you can have that can collide. And that's really where the tension is coming from. That's where the, um, the relationships crumble because they don't understand that. Because God made me this way. He made me a security seeker. But if I don't understand her risk taker side, we're always going to fight. And what happens is couples just get so worn down, they just stop talking and they stop having, they start having different money lives and we get the quote unquote, we just grew apart. It's because your checkbook, your checkbooks grew apart. 
It's because I'm making my financial decisions so she can't mess them up. So she doesn't blow my money. I'm a security seeker. She's a risk taker. I don't want her to mess with my money. So I'm just going to have a little secret account over here. I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. She can do her own thing. And then you grow apart. It's like taking separate date nights. How's that relationship going to go? So it's the same (laughs) with your money. You've got to make sure that we understand this opposite dynamic. So let's jump into truth number three. Truth number three is you can have... You can have money relief inside of your relationships. And last week I said that, and people were like, woohoo, we can have it. So how can we have it? The way we can have it is we can learn to understand the money personality language of the other person inside of the relationship. Yes, understand yourself, but more importantly, understand the other person and start to speak that money personality language. We talk about the love languages and the five love languages and, you know, that you need to learn the other person's love language and speak it, this is no different. But here's the thing. Money impacts us every single day, doesn't it? Money impacts us every single day. That's why the verse doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. So it impacts us so that if we learn to speak it, and if you're in a relationship, I'll, I'll tell you, my mom and dad are here. Say hi to my mom and dad. Hi, mom and dad. Woohoo. Um, and my mom has, here's my mom's money personalities. She is a saver security seeker and I'm a spender risk taker. The good news is there's never been tension in that relationship at all. (laughs) Never. Lots of tension, lots of tension, whether it's what something I wanted to buy or something I want to do. And even over the last month, But let me tell you how speaking the other person's money personality comes out. We have some new office space that we recently got, and there's needed some pictures on there. Now, I'm a primary spender, so we need to purchase some pictures. And we had some old pictures. So what do you think I said as a spender? We need new pictures. We need a lot of new pictures. So I'm talking about these new pictures we're going to order and buy, and I'm actually talking to him about it with my mom. My mom, who is a saver security seeker. We had old pictures. I want new pictures. What do you think the saver said? Use the old ones. So this is how the conversation went. I said, oh, I'm so excited about these new pictures. We're going to have themes in different rooms. It's going to be so cool. I can't wait to get them. I can't wait. I think I'm going to order them next week. And she said, why don't you just... That's ex... And she stopped. She stopped herself in her own tracks. What was she going to say? Why don't you just use the old ones? But she didn't. She didn't. She stopped right in her tracks. And she just kind of changed the subject and just kind of went on. You could tell she was just like, I don't want to spoil her joy. She's just talking about pictures. That's all. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just talking about pictures. And the way that their money tension comes up is you would think that it's just this, like, terrible thing that I want to buy pictures to a saver. But that's how I think. So she spoke my language by not saying anything. And that spoke to me. That touched my heart. That's how it works inside of relationships. Thinking about the other person and how they view money before ourselves. You know, the great thing about the money personalities is once you get them, you'll hear others speak, other people speak those money personalities all the time. We had about 
10 DSM students in our basement last night. It was loud, and it was awesome. And I was listening to their conversations. And, and once you start listening to conversations, you know, you've got one guy who's talking about a pair of shoes, Spender. You've got one, one gal that's talking about how she saved money to be able to do a DSM for a year, and she's, she's got enough cash to take her all the way through. Save her. You've got the kid that's trying to get everybody at 12.30 at night to go do something maybe illegal, but I'm not going to say that. Risk taker. <laughs> you've, got, you've got the security seeker doing, dude, remember the pamphlet? Remember what we signed? We can't do that. Security seeker. And then you've got, you've got the, the flyer, the relationship person going, can't we just all get along? Flyer. <clears throat> and the cool thing is when you get good and you really listen to these money languages, it changes your perception. I know... When Bethany, it's usually like 10.30 at night when I'm wide awake, and she says, hey, hon, I've been thinking. That's her risk-taker mode coming out. So instead of going, oh, yeah, well, I'm... And act like I'm asleep, I actually say, tell me about it. I don't shoot it down right away like I used to. So really understanding that money personality speak from the other person is how we start to get along. It's how we start to get this tension away because it's not all about us anymore. It's about the other person. Okay. While Scott's looking up a verse that he's going to go over, you know, it's that God talked about money and talks about money more than 2,500 times in the Bible. More than 2,500 times. Because he knew that they were going to impact our relationships. So that's why it's exciting for us. We've been working on this for 12 years to put tools together to be able to help you join us in this message of helping people get the message out that understanding who you are and your perspective of money is so important. So we're going to jump into um, back into the prodigal son, just out of Luke 15. Just to kind of remind you about this, um, it, you know, Jesus was amazing because a lot of, and I, I didn't know this until several years ago, that Jesus used to use the stories that were popular and that were told by the, the Hebrews and the Israelites all the time. And this is one of the stories that was told all the time. So Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got all he had together, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. First of all, second born son. In that society at the time, the second-born son technically didn't have rights to anything. It was always the eldest son. As a matter of fact, the youngest son usually had to work for the oldest son once the dad passed away. Second thing about this parable is that that's kind of rude. Can you imagine going to your mom or dad right now and saying, hey, listen, you know, you're getting older. I'm getting older. Can I have my share? Because I got a condo in Vegas. I'll let you know how it goes. That's basically what this guy said to his dad. But what did his dad do? He gave him the money and he let him go. I'm going to skip down. We, we know the story about how he squanders his money. He ends up in a really bad place. He ends up in a really bad place. It's so bad that he comes limping home. Now, here's the interesting thing about this story. And this is where Jesus flips the switch in this story to the crowd that he's talking to. If that story would have been coming from a Pharisee that was, that was preaching in the temple, what happens is the son gets to the gate and he's turned around. He's rejected by his father and his older brother. But that's not how, Je- that's not how this story, that's not how Jesus finishes his stories. So you've got the dad, he's up looking out over the country and he sees his son. Now I have two sons and let me tell you, I know how my sons walk. 
I know how they walk when they're happy. I know how they walk when they're sad. I can find them on a football field by the way they swing their arms. Dads know their kids, and they know how they walk. So he's up there, and he says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And this is where the dad kicks him out. Nope. He says, but the father said to his servant, quick, bring me the best robe and put it on him. Do you think he just spoke a spender's language there? He didn't say, hey, you know that guy that died last week that we buried? Bring his robe and put that one on my son. It's a little worn, but it'll work fine. A saver might have. But this dad knew his, he knew his son's money personality. He knew it. Then what did he say? So we know he was a spender. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring a fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast to celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. He was a spender flyer. He threw the guy the party. Why? Because he was all about relationships. This, what Jesus was showing me in this parable was that, hey, listen, this might not have been the money personality of the father, but he knew his son. And so that relationship was able to be restored. Read about, and I'm not going to tell you because we don't have time, but read about how the other son came to his dad and how his dad handled that conversation differently, differently with the second son and how that's spoken to his money personalities. And then Facebook me or Twitter me and tell me what you think those money personalities are. But here's the reality. When it comes to these languages, if you put yourself in a position not only to hear them, because how do you learn a language? You hear it and you speak it. If you're hearing a language and you're speaking a language, you're going to become an expert. And you can take away this money tension in your relationships. We loved reading through all of your questions. And we're going to spend some time answering your questions here in this, this last, last half. Um, one, uh, we got some very interesting cards in addition to the questions. We had, some people had like questions you were talking to each other about. So we were kind of in I on hope, that. I hope uh, Brittany and Zoe figured out the carpool lane. If you're, uh, or the carpool situation. We were laughing. <laughs> we were cracking up. But this card right here was one that we got. It's a good artist, whoever did that, by the way. And we were cracking up because this was a visual of the message that we were saying. And I don't know who made this picture. They didn't like put their, you know, artist thing in the corner. But whoever did totally got what we were talking about. We all see money through different lenses. So this is just gives you a flavor of the kind of questions that we got. They were awesome, they were awesome, awesome. So we're going to quickly start going through them. All right. First of all, how do you approach the money questions when you first start to date someone? Ouch. We get that question all the time. I don't want to talk about money. Here's the thing. It, now you know, now you are equipped and We have other resources for you to be able to dive into more, but now you are basically equipped to understand the difference between finances and your money relationship. So we suggest you start with the money relationship side. Don't start on the... It's not the first time I've been hit while she's speaking. (laughs) Don't start with the finance side. Because that's, I mean, so you're, you know, over candlelight dinner and you're talking about your debt? No. But you can start talking about yourself and your money personalities. I learned something about myself. I learned that I'm a spender risk taker. 
that's kind of interesting to me. And I saw it kind of play myself out this kind of, what, what kind of money personality or what, how do you view money? Start talking about the money relationship side. Then you can lead to the money relationship side. We get this question a lot too. So I wanted to make sure I hit this is how do you deal with a spouse who hides money from you? Is this wrong? Yes. Is this acceptable? No. And does this mean that they're controlling over you and their relationship? There's a couple things at play here. One of the things that you have to think about is that if someone is controlling the money, either two things have happened. The first thing that's happened is maybe that other person that now feels like they're being controlled has just totally messed up. They were in charge of the bills and suddenly you're $30,000 in debt and they didn't tell the other person because they were scared to tell them. So what the other person does is kind of a knee-jerk reaction, which we've all done in relationships. Well, I'm just going to take it and I'm just going to control it. And we see that a lot. Here's the reality. We've talked and we've said this a hundred times. Money affects every aspect of your relationship. If you've got one person controlling that and you've got one person hiding that, then that's not going to help your relationship move forward. And to be honest with you, you will probably end up very miserable for the rest of your life, married to that person or divorced. Is it a deal killer? Absolutely not. We've brought couples back from the brink of divorce because of this, various, this very issue by just saying, let's figure out how to compromise Let's figure out how to be more vulnerable. Let's forgive for past mistakes. And let's move forward without any separate accounts, without any secrets, and without any lying. Is it easy? No. Is it doable? Absolutely. Yes. There's something that we have put together, and we've put together a number of money couple minutes about this whole subject, and we call that financial infidelity. It's not sexual infidelity. It's financial infidelity. And we would argue that it, has, it plays more havoc on a relationship and gets in there easier than sexual infidelity. And it starts with small lies. Now, oh, well, if I just go and say that I'm going to spend $50, but really I spent 100 he won't care. It starts with those little ones. And then all of a sudden it moves up to full-blown where you're talking about secret credit cards. And we see it all the time. So does it kill relationships? Absolutely. Is inside of a relationship, is there any room for mistrust? Is there any room for mistrust? No. Money is a big area to make sure that you don't have that mistrust. My friends all call me cheap. Oh, here's this one. My friends all call me cheap. I see that as a good thing, like I'm wise with my money, but they see it as a bad thing. Who is right? Isn't that telling? It's so telling. I mean, is it, are you right or wrong to be a saver? Are you right or wrong to be a spender? See, that's the thing. There is no right money personally. There is no wrong money personally. It is just who you are. So now here's the thing. As you become older and as you become wiser, you start to learn the positive sides of each money personality. So am I naturally a saver? Uh, no. But do I save? Yes. Am I naturally a security seeker? No. But do I think about my future? Yes. Am I naturally a flyer? No. But are there times when I need to remember to put the relationship over money? Absolutely. So you become older and wiser. You can learn the positive aspects of each money personality, and then you become more of a well-rounded person. And isn't that what we want to be as a more well-rounded person? It's a great way to be able to do that. You know, it's interesting because society, I think for the most part, says if you're a saver, you're smarter than a spender. You're smarter than a spender because you're a saver. And so we have these certain things that societies tell us. 
Well, let me tell you, as an elder of the church, I love spenders in this church because that's why our church is getting paid down because people know how to give generously. At the same time, I have a couple friends of mine that are amazing savers. So when we're going up to a Bronco game, I say to one of my saver buddies, dude, can you find us the, the, the closest, cheapest place to park? Fills that dude's tank. He's like, oh yeah, I'll find it. I think he has like a GPS searching thing where he's zoning in on the guys holding the sign. I think he gets their cell numbers. I don't know, but we've never paid more, never paid more than 10 bucks to park at a game and we're close. So what we can do here is you can, you can, man, get your saver friends going. Don't down them for it. Say, I mean, use them for it. It just leaves you more money to spend in other cool ways. Okay. All right. This, this, is a, this is a good one. I'm dealing with a man who, I'm dating, uh, a man who lives three hours away. He thinks it costs too much to come see me. I don't think it costs too much to go see him. Is this a money personality thing, or do, you, or do I just like him more than he likes me? <laughs> Baby girl. <laughs> I, read that, I read that, and I'm like, oh, I have boys. So thank God I don't have to answer that question up and coming. I'll but maybe you should answer that because you're a woman. He's just not that into you. He's just, it's an indicator. It's an indicator. We actually did a spot up at Fox Denver this week as well. We did a lot of publicity things for, for what, our message this week. And the whole thing was three signs to know, three money signs that, know, that show you that he's just not into you. And that was one of them. Understanding if he's willing to talk about it, do it, go for it, or if he just wants to kind of stay close to who he is and what he's doing and doesn't want to even spend any kind of money on you, there is an indicator. When you find the right guy, he'll, he'll buy a Prius and drive three hours to see you. <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> All right. Actually, you know what? It's kind of interesting. You know, we all kind of go, and even I did, it's like, oh, oh, oh. But you know what? She's empowered. You know what? She knows. She has her answer. She can move on and find the right person that God has in store for her. Huh? Amen to that. Yeah. So there. All right. (laughs) What are techniques for savers and spenders to get along? That is such an awesome question. When we talk about techniques for these money personalities and we talked about the opposite dynamic and what's happening in these relationships, you just have to be open to not always being right all the time. And that's where we get set in our money personalities. We have to learn. You know, we use the compromise word all over the place. And really, especially when it comes to money, it is so hard to compromise over money. But you really do have to get to a point where this is more important than this. And when you can get to the point where that's where you are, where you're compromising and I'm, I'm looking, listen, we've had some amazing blessings in our life because I've decided that Bethany is worth me taking a risk on and she's worth risking in me. And if she says we're going to do this, we're going to do this. The money couple would not be here if it wasn't for her and her risk taker money personality. We're working on saving thousands of marriages because of her, because this security seeker would have given up in the first year. That's how awesome she is. That's her money personality. She also trusts me with certain things that, where we seek security, like life insurance. We have that because of me, not her. 
which is <laughs> Thank great. Thank you, honey. Yeah. So if I die, you're loaded. <laughs> All right. <laughs> got about one more question. Okay. This is a great one. Is it okay if my primary and secondary flip-flop? Is it okay if my primary and secondary flip-flop? Absolutely it is. That happens all the time. And that's the thing. If you have that opposite dynamic, you have an internal diagnostic inside of you that God has given you more than another person, more than me. I don't have that internal diagnostic that comes as easy as you do. So that flip-flopping is God talking to you, saying... Should I should? But here's the thing. Don't let it paralyze you. Don't let it paralyze you. 60% of the money personality combinations of the last 12,000 people that we've interviewed have been saver security seeker. That has, and, and here's the thing. Don't let your money personalities stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Because God has great things in store for you and for your life. So know what your money personalities are, but then understand and put it in perspective as to what he's calling you to and have that help you use it. It's not a flip-flop. I am a security seeker saver dating a flyer spender. Any advice? Get the book, man. (laughs) But that's the thing. God, we are attracted to our opposites. Absolutely we are. That's a good thing. That's the tension inside of the relationship that we needed to stick. If I was married to a risk taker, how boring would that be? We'd be flumping around all over the place. Such a good point. So it's going to happen. We also had another question. Is it right to to be in a relationship with someone who has an opposite money personality than you? Absolutely, it's going to happen. I guarantee you, majority. Do you know that only one couple in the hundreds and thousands of couples that we've interviewed, only one couple had the same primary and the same secondary. And they met through a dating service. (laughs) Pretty interesting, pretty telling. So don't go out there and look for somebody who's the same money personality. Go out there and identify that they have an opposite dynamic and just make sure that you accept that opposite dynamic and know that that's going to make your relationship stronger and that you need that. You know, we've all met those people and it's like, you, meet a, you know, see a couple, oh, they're so good for each other. They're so opposite. They need each other. They're, they're going to have a better life. That, if you look at what, what's going on really in there and what you're seeing is kind of seen through the cobwebs, you see that it really is that opposite money personality playing itself out. All right, one more. A couple more questions. Couple, one more. All right. When dating someone, do you want to have similar views on money? This is a good question because it kind of piggybacks what Bethany was just talking about. I believe that God gave Bethany and I this vision for this five money personalities so people could figure out why they viewed money the way that they do and why the people that they're in relationships viewed money the way that they did so we can be stronger. If you look at a body, if you look at, at even our church, a new life church, I love this church. I've been here for 12 years and it's a privilege for me to serve here. I love this church. And as I'm working in base 34 with with awesome, crazy little third and fourth graders or here spending time with you or if we're, if we're working on the elder board. It's all those different, those different ways of looking at things that make us strong. So often we think we need to marry someone that's just like us so that it's easy. It's, it's, let me tell you, it's not going to be easy no matter what. But if you can understand the money personalities and take that out of your relationship, you are going to have in a relationship where other people look at it and go, well, they never fight. Well, money drives 70% of our fights. If you can figure that out, you just, you just decrease the amount of arguments and tension that you're going to have in your relationship, and you fill it with other great stuff. 
like hanging out, like talking, like laughing. Exactly. No, we had um, over 100 different questions. And what we decided, we were just blown away. They were such great questions. We decided that over the next month on our Facebook page, we're going to be answering them. We're going to say the question and then answer it. And so please be sure to follow us um, because we really want to engage in the conversation. Please, we ask you to engage with us and partner with us and, and work together as we bring and get and fight for our relationships. Let's get them back. How many of you in this room can see that money impacts our relationships? Whoa. Yeah. I I told them twice, now make sure you have them all hold their hand high. (laughs) There's no problem there. How many of you believe that Satan does a great job of messing up relationships when it comes to money, but God doesn't want that? That's not anything he has predestined for anybody in this room. We're so excited to be spending time with you because we need you to join this fight with us. We need to take marriages back today. We need to make sure that your parents that are hurting, that maybe have dealt with this for the 25 or 30 years, that you can step into their lives and speak into them. Scary, yep, but I did it with my mom and dad. You have the ability to come alongside your friends and say, I think you're struggling with this issue. I'm going to come alongside you. We're going to pray this out, and we're going to look at this in a different way. You have that ability to do that. We in this room can stop this divorce rate. I think in the church, we're such such victims to statistics. Oh, well, giving's going down in the church. Oh, that's too bad. We don't do anything about it. Oh, the divorce rate's at 50%. Oh, that's too bad. Well, we don't do anything about it. You are empowered. You know why 70% of those divorces are ending, and you now have an answer to that of how you can step in and how you can empower those people to change their relationship. This is a fight that we all can take up, and we can do it in a way that encourages and guides and directs. We had three cards that were like this. How can you help teach or tell others who have not heard this talk? Are there any resources to learn more about this topic? Thank you. Yes, please join us. We want to make sure. We weren't going to you know, bring our product and all that. We weren't going to bring our resources because we didn't you know, know for sure if this... But you know what? We were talking about it. Please join us in this fight. Let's bring our relationships back. Let's have, be part of bringing the divorce rate down. Let's be part of having fantastic relationships. God wants us to have awesome relationships, and he doesn't want money to get in the way. And with those resources, these are some of the things that we brought along with us. First of all, we brought our book, There are the Secrets to Great Relationships, right here. This is 10 years of research right here in this book. Then we put together a DVD-based study. I had a person last week say, you know, how do you get to know people? You know what? Get a a DVD-based study, talk about money, your money personalities and money relationships, you will really get to know them. It's, it can either be done in a six-week or 12-week. We also have a game. Let's have some fun. Love and money game. You know, we said, you know, I would be single till I was 32. And I was constantly looking for fun ways to get groups of people together through a game. That's one of the ways, love and money game. And here's the granddaddy of it all. Again, 10 years of research have gone into this package, which includes the DVDs, the book, the game, and then some pens and magnets to go along with it. But we want to give you these resources so that you have a way to be messengers, because we need the messengers out there to say, how can we bring our messages, our marriages back, our relationships back, whether it's family, business, 
or marriage, and we're really excited about it. So we have the resources back there, and we'll also be back there too to answer questions. We want to be a resource to you as well. You know what, let's close John in prayer. Part of and, and Bethany is so right. We're back there. We love your stories. Yes. We love these questions yes. because it makes us better at getting this message to the people that need it. So thank you for your attention. You guys are amazing. Let's pray, and uh, we'll be in the back to visit afterwards. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We know that you're a God of relationships. We know that you want us to fight for our relationships, to take care of each other, to come alongside each other and support each other. Lord, that's the church. And we're so thankful that we could spend time with you this morning, that we can be with brothers and sisters in the Lord. Lord, just protect us this week, Lord. Let us hear the language that you want us to hear and speak the language that's going to encourage others, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our Savior. Just bless us this week. Protect us. Help us grow in you, in your holy and your precious and your always perfect name. Amen. Thanks, guys. They did a great job again. Um, thank you guys, Bethany, Scott. They'll be back there. Uh, before you go, I forgot to say, if you're new, there's cards on your table. We'd love to send you an email or I'll call you if you want. Just uh, go in the back there. We'll give you a free gift. It's, there's a book by our senior pastor, Brady Boyd, back there. And for the first time ever, our son is here, little Rowan Patrick Kirkendall. There he is. <clears throat> so I wanted to introduce him. Because he's like 19 days old and he's coming to Sunday school. So anyways, we'll see you next week. Visit the Palmers on your way out. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.